Hi, everyone. I'm Anita Watkins. I'm a global solution leader at Cantar for Innovation, and I'm currently serving as the board chair for Michigan State University's Masters of Market Research Program Advisory Board, which is the number one ranked market research program. So today I'm the proud host of the Spartan podcast, where we are going to interview business executives in the market research industry. And today I'm really lucky. I'm joined by Josh Goldfinch, who is currently the director of customer insights at Verizon. He's also previously worked for Intel and Microsoft and brings a wealth of experience across his 12 years in the industry to the MSMR program at MSU, while he's also serving on the advisory board with me. So Josh, welcome to the Spartan podcast. Thanks for having me, Anita. You're welcome. Well, I want to just first start out and learn a little bit about your career journey. Tell us a little bit about it and how you ended up and navigated to this current role. Yeah, you know, this is a funny one because you either get into research because you love it or you fall into it and you just sort of are there for the rest of your career because you learn to love it. So I started at a very small consultancy in San Francisco working on tech and telecommunications, everything from early innovation all the way through to really marketing, messaging, branding. So working with companies like Zynga and Facebook when they IPO'd and started to get big and really just went through the vendor side like many do to understand what I'm interested in, the things that I want to do, and really learn basically all of the core research aspects that, that you want. And then I decided it was it was a good time to, to move into the client side and get a better understanding for how things get delivered. So I went to Microsoft where I worked and really ran the Windows device research for developers. So anything that you could think of that you utilize on your Windows machines, I did a lot of that research and then chose to go to Intel to lead a team. And then about four and a half years ago, Verizon called and said, hey, we're, we, we just reorged. We're going to be customer oriented and there is a B2B practice and we have nothing in B2B right now and gave me a lump of clay essentially to build a research team from scratch. And so I love a challenge. And so I joined four and a half years ago. And since then, I've, I've basically took on everything. So I own about 95% of research here. My team's about 20, 22 people on any given day doing research in consumer, business, corporate strategy, technology, te all of the spaces that you have. I cover the entire company. And here wow, we that's impressive. That's a, that's a big responsibility also. And what an opportunity to be literally handed a pot of clay and to get to craft and mold and shape. Uh, how you want to see insights at Verizon. What a great opportunity. Well, tell me a little bit about some of the, the key things that you're focused on now. What are the big areas that you're really leaning into? Yeah, so as, as you know, Verizon's been around for a long time. So a lot of the areas that my team are dipping into are twofold. One, from an early innovation and product perspective. What are the new things that folks want, both on the consumer and B2B side? How is 5G as an evolution going to pick up and create new experiences for, for all of our customers? So a lot of product-oriented work, evolving our pricing promotion structures really to make sure and better serve customers. So we spend a good deal of time. I have a very specific team that's on commercialization to do that and deliver that. And then the end-to-end -end marketing experience. So really understanding really RTVs, where we are positioned, what is our brand strategy, how, how, should, how are we differentiated, and really going all the way through to messaging, creative, and construct delivery. So a couple of things from a big rocks perspective that we're working on is really rethinking on the communication standpoint. 
How do we test creative? How do we implement creative? How does that build into our market mix model, our predictive models? And, and where can we tweak and get better at that? So it's that constant evolution of programs. Yeah, it is. And there's so much change right now. And it sounds like you have some, some big uh, industry topics as well as specific to Verizon that you're tackling. How would you say some of the, the research practices have evolved since you've been there or in the past um, over the, the span of your career? Yeah, listen, when you started, you know, most of it was 90%, 95% vended, right? So you work with an agency partner and I was the agency partner at the time. So we got a lot of those big projects. As I converted over, it's interesting. You see a trend in a lot of conversation about DIY, people bringing things in. And a lot of the story is about efficiency, but I'll say we still work about 80% vended working with agency partners who are really good at delivering and doing what they do. Mm -hmm. And the things we bring in are for thought process, right? They're, they're things that yeah. we have deep experience with that we think we can do in a, in a more defined and higher quality sort of perspective. So I, I've seen that trend happen. We've seen many trends over the years. Big data five and a half years ago was a topic, very hyped mm -hmm. up. Um, those that has gone through its hype cycle, I think we're still trying to work through that. Obviously, now we're in the hype cycle for AI and how that is going to either evolve or completely change, revolutionize how, how we are as an industry. So these things are, are hot topics. They're always hype cycled, and then they go through this sort of area or pit of despair, if you will, and it's still a work in progress. So I've seen those, those change and the research departments are, are changing with them. Uh, the way that we look, you know, 10 years ago is much different than the way we look today. Like 10 years ago, we didn't have analytics teams that were built into our research departments. We were analysts, but not at the same sort of level as, as running SQL and some other stuff. Today, it's a common practice you'll find. Yeah, that's right. It has, it's really, really shifted. And I was so curious to see how many minutes into the podcast we would hear the words AI or the two initials AI. So it didn't take too many minutes until they creeped in, but you know, I'm going to have to ask you, how are you thinking about AI in the business there at Verizon? So it, it's, it's a fair comment. I, I would say we have a department when we think about analytics in general, that is focused on AI, it's called AI and D, and they're a large analytics, central excellence for analytics. So from that perspective, you know, we're thinking about all of those processes and how, how we be ethical within that. I think you'll hear many companies like Meta talking about ethical AI and how it gets delivered and used in a very, you know, in a way that wouldn't harm anyone. So we're, we're thinking about it. When I look specifically for CMI, our central research organization, we are evaluating those things, but much like many big corporations, our ability to use them, these are new products and services. You have to have security clearance and all of these aspects, they have to be qualified in. We're thinking about it as how it evolves what we do and how does it make it better? I, I would say it, it, there isn't, I don't have a concern now that it's gonna take away people from the mix. I think it evolves and adds another tool to our tool chest that which we can get better with what we do and in, some things offload too. So I know there's a ton of companies out there that are looking at how it codes open ends and how it actually brings in sentiment from open ends. Like it doesn't take jobs that changes the way in which we work. And so that's how we're thinking about it. It's really evaluative from the companies that are out there right now, but it's not down the path of full all in. Right. Makes sense. No, that's great. 
that's a that's going to have a big impact. I'm I'm sure of that definitely. Well, let me pivot a little bit now and just ask you to just comment on just kind of broadly taking a step back. How do you see the role of market researcher insights really impacting business decisions? And Mm. how can we as an industry continue to stay relevant to our stakeholders? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's a a really good question. I I think this is an interesting one. Years ago, BCG put out a a model that essentially has four stages for a research organization. And one is strategic partner. And I think you'll hear this talk track a lot throughout the industry of how you become a strategic partner. And the thing that I, I think a lot of people don't understand, it's not about the smartest researcher in the room, the mechanics of research. It's about the strategic and soft skills that you have to deliver those things. So I often joke, one of one of my primary aspects is if I can get into a conversation with a senior executive where I don't cover methodology at all, that's actually successful in my book because I want to have yes. the conversation and back and forth. So I think it's having that understanding and really understanding the business aspect of it and how that's utilized, how the company makes money, because those are the conversations that you need to connect to. So so that's the change. And that's what I try and have here with my team is really emphasis on business and the action. And that's how you become that strategic partner and that go-to. Oftentimes I've seen just delivering the news, if you will, or delivering the research and it's good research, it's quality. But then the the so what now what comes into it and if you're not connecting that you, you tend to fall off off so <clears throat> excuse me that's the the aspect of how it influences throughout and then I'll be honest a really heavy prioritization on what you take in and where the interest is and what it means for the business you have to do that up front or or the research you do won't be set up for success and then it, it's funny I say a lot of it is is sales so. You do a piece of research for one particular group, it's relevant to about five groups. So being able to talk to it, get it out there, understand, communicate in a way and, and have a distribution model for your research is super important. Yes, exactly. Absolutely. It makes sense. And and becoming relevant to all those various stakeholder groups and staying that way, I think, is, is a challenge for us all. Uh, now and moving forward. So yeah, that's great advice. I want to take it a little more personal now to think about, you know, we have students listening to this podcast. They're going to be thinking about as they graduate and and go off into the workforce, what are those attributes, you know, that, that hiring managers are looking for? What are some of the things that, you know, when you hire graduates or, or even people early on in their career, what are some things that they should keep in mind as they look to get into the field, skills they should develop? Yeah, so it's it's really two prong, unfortunately, but uh, it, it's soft skills and curiosity. Like Michigan State, obviously, as a program, it is the number one program. It gives you a lot of the foundational and functional. How would you do research? How should you be thinking about it? What are the things that you should think about as you set up design, implement, analysis, et cetera? I think when it comes in, what you'll find out is whether you're taking a client side role or you're taking a vendor side role, the mechanics are going to be different. The way that you have to think about the research is going to be different by nuances of the culture that you move into. So the curiosity aspect to learn and be open, the biggest thing for for my hiring across is the openness to say, I don't know, and actually then follow up with, where would I go to understand that? 
how might I get that knowledge, that real curiosity at the sort of core foundational level is, is a big deal for me across my teams. And then really understanding the soft skills. And what I mean by that is interpersonal, how you build relationships, how you talk to people, connect, stay in contact with. The funny thing about research is it's a really small industry. So guaranteed somebody you might hire now could end up being your boss one day and vice versa. I've seen it a lot over the years, but building that foundational networking aspect both pays off dividends internal for the job that you select and, and sort of where you'll go next. I interview for those to understand like how do you build relationships and, and sort of nurture them over time. Those are the things I really want. I know if you're coming out of a Michigan State program, you're going to have the fundamental aspects of research. You're going to know those things. It'll just be about me and my team teaching you how it happens at Verizon or how it happens at Kantar or Nielsen or wherever you end up at. So those are the big ones for me. It's it's less about the fun foundational research aspect. That makes a lot of sense. And do you think soft skills and curiosity are something that we can train? Is that more innate or how do you see that? Can they be developed? hundred percent. So I am, I am a forced introvert. I, I force myself to be an extrovert, like, <laughs> many, like many researchers. So I think the soft skills aspect is a practice like anything else. There are core fundamentals that you can do connections with people, having conversations, being open to have conversations. And those things can be learned and forced. If you're in research, moderation from a qualitative perspective, Anita, you know this as you, you run and do a lot in that space, moderating a, an IDI or a group is much the same as building a relationship with someone. That's the core fundamental for how that happens. So yeah, you can learn much the same as you can learn to moderate. It's a skill that can be developed for sure on soft skills. And then how do you get better? How do you get better being an open listener? How do you get better at, at just being quiet at times? I, I often joke, I have a sign on my, my computer here that says shut up and listen because it's almost like a <laughs> reminder to just be quiet and, and hear what others are saying. And those are the things I think 100% can learn, um, but you have to be open to it and you have to be okay with not having an answer to like don't jump out in front. So yeah, a lot of practice, open conversations. I, I once had somebody tell me just go into a room and start talking to someone doesn't matter if it's the CEO, doesn't matter if it's an intern, like have that same conversation because it's practice and repetition. And then from a developing your network perspective, 100% it's, it's a learned aspect. Like, you know, you build it naturally in kindergarten, you build it naturally in college, you are attracted to people within similar perspectives. It's the same thing in life, but you have to then decide how do I connect with people who are not of my like mind? And you have to practice that skill and, and really nurture it. If you lose it, it, you get rusty like anything. Yes, absolutely. Well, this is music to my ears. In fact, I say this quite a lot when I'm uh, sharing insights on qualitative is that, you know, anybody can be a qualitative researcher and actually qualitative skills are really life skills and they come in handy in business and in your personal life as well. So, so go out there and, and develop those soft skills and have that curiosity to, and be hungry to learn more. I think that's that's really spot on. I love it. So is there anything else at the end of this podcast that you would like to share with our audience, either where you see the industry or any insights for success or advice to the students or any, any professionals who are out there listening? Any parting thoughts? 
Yeah. Listen, I think this is an interesting industry. We've gone through a lot of evolutions uh, over the years and, you know, you, you've had a pretty long career, so I'm sure you've seen the evolutions as well. What I would say is, you know, if you rewind maybe eight years ago, you talk and you'd see UX research and you'd see CX research and you'd see qualitative and you see market research. The interesting aspect is those are literally lenses that you look through for an answer to something from a research perspective. So what I would encourage is don't, don't draw that line. Be very curious in, in all of those modes on what they're answering, what they're looking at, how they actually go about answering those things. Because the reality is there's about 20 to 40% that's complete overlap. Like the things that you need to understand, the value to your customer that you're delivering, uh, the understanding from a call to action, those are things that all of those, those research bodies do. So there's a narrative in the industry about convergence. And I think we've heard some of it over the last couple of years around all of these spaces coming and being more research as a topic rather than UX versus market versus CX, et cetera. And then really understanding analytics because the reality is a lot of departments are moving to this mixed mode world where you have an analytics department that's central to your research department that's providing a lot of behavioral overlay to what you're doing. So doing quant is great, doing qual is great, knowing the pieces that have value across the space, they all have value into that perspective. So understand them. You don't have to be able to run SQL, do those things, but understand what role they play and how you bring them together. That's my, that's my biggest sort of push there. And then, you know, the other on the personal front, when you get into your career, you start planning it, you start, or you're in your career and, and looking forward, write the narrative of your story. So from a research perspective, we write stories all day long. That is how we deliver what we do, right? That's part of our craft. How do you write your story? So when I think about, I went through Michigan State, I, I did this, I completed, I took my first role, which was foundational to do X, Y, and Z. As I review the next thing, what chapter does that write? And what are the holes that I'm gonna fill to then build on for my next chapter down the road? and looking at it very proactively rather than the reactive nature. The other part that I would add to that is, especially for those that are graduating, it's probably not this end of your educational career. It might be for now, but always be open to learning more about things, to get certifications, Burke certifications, UX certifications. Go in and really continue your educational process and toolkit that you're building. That's gonna pay off dividends forever. It might not show up in salary. It might not show up in, in bonuses. What it will show up for is your overall craft and understanding. It really does develop. And they're the things that I look for when I, when I hire as well, soft skills, networking, and that just constant learning aspect. I've worked on both sides. So on the vendor side, I had 35 analysts when I left the vendor side reporting to me. Um, wow. University of thought, honestly. That's the other aspect. Don't, don't get into and only utilize the people that think exactly like you. Look for people who are completely opposite from their background, how they think about it, and, and work with them because it'll make you better. And that's, that's really, I think, what we're all trying to strive. Make yourself as high quality as you can and impactful for what you do. I think those are the big things that I would, I would leave with. 
Well, those are two big things, no doubt about it. Absolutely. I'm picking up on lifelong learning and diversity of thought and always striving to be better. So I I really appreciate this interview today. I've been joined with Josh Goldfinch, the Director of Customer Insights at Verizon. So I really appreciate you joining us on the Spartan podcast today. So I really look forward to hopefully seeing you again soon in East Lansing. Thanks so much. Sounds good. Thank you very much.